Welcome to the Backyard Chat Podcast, where we equip parents to take in God's Word and live it out in their everyday life. Karen and I are here with a very special guest. Melissa Quinones is here, and she is a dear, dear friend of ours. And Melissa and I have had a dream of having a podcast for a long time. So today is a special day for us. And Melissa, we're so glad you're here. Will you tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us about your family? Sure. Um, My name is Melissa. I have three kids. I'm married, and we do a lot of life with the Harrisons. This church has been a huge part of my life for a long, long time, and I am the crew leader one time a month, and I get to dig in deep to the lives of fourth and fifth graders and celebrate all their fun things that we and do you here are at the church. You are a good tribe leader. Yes, you are. Tell us about your kids. Give us their names and how old they are. Okay, Madison is 17, Caitlin is 14, and Chloe is 11. I like to tell everyone I have three teenagers because... Mom, so hard, Chloe, is right there in the mix, and I think she's in her 30s by now. (laughs) She is quite the little mom, for sure. Melissa and I do life together. We carpool. We do a lot of life together. Every single day, our kids, we take them to school, and we have it worked out so perfect. But we always say, we mom so hard, (laughs) because we really do. Like, when you work full-time, you need your your village around you to help you. Well, from the outside looking in, here's what I've noticed about the two of you with your carpool and your life, having the same name, Melissa, Melissa. Um, <laughs> Melissa number one, Melissa, Melissa number, number two. two. Oh, you how got do it y'all dis- I was going to say, how do y'all decide who's number one? I'm number one. Melissa Quinones mm-hmm. is number one. She's number one always. Always. Okay, always. All the kids always say Melissa number one. Uh, that, now That's I know. Mm-hmm. The secret's out. Mm-hmm. So here's what I love from watching from the outside. You guys, you've grown together and your kids are growing together, and they have these two people in their life who can tell them the same thing. It's almost like having two moms, really and truly, Mm -hmm. because of the way that you guys are so intentional about the way you do that. So it's fun for me to watch that unfold over the last several years and how your kids encourage each other. Like, they Mm -hmm. really do. Like, I watch them, and they seem to know how to encourage each other, especially, you know, I'm guessing, like, after hard days at school or even hard mornings on the way to school sometimes, because let's be honest, everybody has those in their house. And so it's just fun to watch that from my, from my vantage point. Chloe made Mason some popcorn yesterday for testing testing day. Cause it has to be like a clean snack and you know, all these rules within what you can eat while you're taking a test. And she wanted popcorn and and it was, you know, a big bag of popcorn. And she's like, what do you think? And I said, well, we could save it or we could pack it up and you could take it to Mason. She's like, oh, that's a good idea. Do you think he likes popcorn? I was like, I think he'll like your popcorn. <laughs> and he told me that he had forgotten his water one day this week. Mm-hmm. And so she told him, Mason, tomorrow when I go to get my water, I'm going to hold up my finger, thumbs up or thumbs down. You tell me if you need a water with a thumbs up <laughs> or a thumbs down and I'll get you one. Like they just take and care of each other. And she actually said that yesterday. She's like, I wonder if he needs a water today. I told him I would get him one if he forgot. She moms so hard. She does. truth is like she moms so well, hard. we joke yeah. when we're not around and like the guys are in charge or something. We're like, oh, you have Chloe. You'll be good. Chloe. Chloe keeps everyone on she task, does. but I you're right. That. We do life together. And so they've learned what it looks like to have friendships that are even boy and girl friendships mm-hmm. that you, they're just friendships. They're just so deep and they're there for each other and encourage each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that is so wonderful. Okay. I want y'all to tell us something fun because one of the things that I admire about Melissa is the way that she has a routine and certain things that she does to keep her family schedule down so that she can mom so hard. So give us a pro tip. I mean, I get your pro tips all the time and I'm going to take them to heart one day, but give us one of your favorite things that you do that really helps with your evening routine at home. 
one of the things that I do, if I have any agenda, I'm going to overwork it a thousand percent and it's going to make a hundred times difference to me, but no one else understands it. They think it's, you know, too much. So dinner time is really important to our family. And I feel like I'm momming really hard when I can let everyone eat a home cooked meal and I'm not always there to do it. And so when I heard of HelloFresh, I was 1000% on board and it comes to my door on Mondays. I pick the menu in advance. It's easy to follow recipes. Chloe can cook it. My husband can cook it, which is saying a lot because he doesn't cook. And so I can say, hey, this is the menu tonight. It comes in one little bag. Everything's in there. That's beautiful. And it everyone gets to eat. At some point, we may not all eat together, but we're not eating junk either. So that's one of them. Um, and it's been really helpful. And sometimes when we take a break from it, the girls are like, when are we having a HelloFresh again? Like, yeah. you know, and it's nothing. It's a, a protein and two vegetables. It's nothing fantastic. But I don't have to meal plan. I don't have to grocery shop. It literally is easy, easy, easy. It probably ends up saving you money, too. Groceries have gone up a whole lot, and you're not buying extra stuff at the Mm-mm. store when you go, I'm assuming. No. So the only thing I buy at the store is, like, snacks and, like, lunch stuff. That's it. Because I know we're going to eat out a couple of nights a week just because of our schedules. But three nights a week, you better bet we're eating at home on that table. I love that. That is so um, genius. Another thing that I do in regards to overworking is calendar. I calendar to death. Like I have a paper calendar. I have a digital camera calendar on my phone. My kids, you know, having conversations with them about their time commitments and checking all the apps that the schools use and their, you know, classes use and cheerleaders use and I mean, every single day, that's the first thing I do is I get up and I'm like, okay, what's what's today? What? And then one day ahead is about all I can look. And so if there's something that we need to rearrange on carpool or any of that sort of thing, we are always like, hey, I got this. Can you do this? Or I need to run to the, to the store really quick. Can you, is that okay? Can I take Mason? You know, so just lots of conversations about time management really is all it is. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where were you when I had five kids? Yeah, For real. Uh, Everybody needs a Melissa. I'm telling you. <laughs> I, my kids missed many a thing. I missed many a thing my kids had, and um, not many, but enough that I remember. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, tell us what you do, because I know from watching you when the kids were younger, you had some systems in place for all five kids. I still do. Many at the time, because with five, it was even things like I had a certain order that I would make up their beds in. And the reason I didn't make them make up their bed, because that was the time I would pray for them. So I, they would make me intentionally go to each bedroom and pray for them and make their beds in a certain order. The other thing I did, I have a system for laundry. You know, we had seven people in the house at one point, and so it was just important that I did laundry every day and that it happened in a certain order. I have one child at home now. He still knows the laundry system, and he will say, I brought my darks down today because it's Tuesday. (laughs) Like, they just knew, like, if you needed it, this was your window to get it done. And I always had it done and back to them, which reinforced that if you wanted it done, that's when you needed to have it done. So lots of little things. My other thing was... um, Breakfast time was chaotic because the age split of my kids, they left for school at different times. And so there was about an hour and a half that I was trying to feed people and get them out the door and to a bus or to a school or to a whatever. And so I have many small kitchen appliances. So I had breakfast sandwich makers and double waffle makers and different things like that. And so I would set up a breakfast bar the night before with whatever we were having that day. So if it was waffles, I would make the waffle mix and they could come down and self-serve and look like a little hotel in the sense that mm-hmm. you would come down during your breakfast time, make your stuff, eat it, and be on your way. So mm-hmm. That's good. That really is mm-hmm. good. I know you taught me that early on. 
to let your kids be independent with their breakfast and packing their lunch that you just don't serve them, serve them, serve them, let them do it. And because that's upstairs making their bed. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that's awesome. So I was like frozen waffles for you. You can make that. But Mm -hmm. that is something my boys have always taken care of their own breakfast until just recently. Taylor has to leave super early and he likes his sleep. And that's one way that I can love on him. That's a little extra, but he likes a frozen waffle, the Belgian ones that are something Madagascar vanilla And there has to be a chocolate chip in every hole. And that's kind of like our joke. And so if I miss a hole, he's like, "Uh oh, we missed a chocolate chip. But it's our way to bond in the morning. And he gets four love pats on his way out the door. So I walk him to the door with his little waffle and I give him four little love pats. And it's just, I don't know, it's kind of silly, but it's our routine and it's our system. It's just kind of starts our day. He'll remember that forever. My daughter, who's in college, just called me last night. And one of our special times was always we would cook together. And so that was their time when they would discuss things with me. And she called and said, I need to talk to you, but I just want to come home and cook to do it. Like oh, that's, I love that. So that's, that's the where she feels most comfortable having big conversations. And so Taylor will remember that forever. So it may seem silly at the time, but you'll probably come home for some waffles and some love pats he when he gets in college. Might. He just <laughs> might. Well, all of this kind of leads into what we've been talking about, about working together. And what would it look like if we work together in this last week's message was all about what would it look like if we work together to help someone succeed? So Karen, can you kind of let us know about this sermon series and what we're talking about? Yeah, the question that we're answering is what would happen if we work together? What would it look like if we work together as parents? What would it look like if we work together in the community? What would it look like if we work together as as Christians in a church? And so this last week we talked about how important it is to understand that one of the reasons we work together is not just for what we get out of it, but what we can give to others when we work together. And so we talked about what it looks like to to have in mind that we want to help other people succeed, that one of the things we do when we follow Jesus is that other people become more important than our own interest. And so when we work together and we make others succeed, how it is that that can become a witness for us, how we can share the love of Christ through that. And we have so many opportunities to do that as parents. And I'm so grateful for this podcast and this time together because we can expand on that idea now. That's exactly right. And that was one of the reasons immediately we thought of Melissa was because I get a lot of extra backyard chat conversations with her and phone conversations. And um, the way that she parents each one of her kids in a unique way is so inspiring to me. I just feel like she does a great job. And so, Melissa, let's talk a little bit about that. You've got the three girls and they're spread apart in age. And each one of them is, of course, all of our kids are so unique. But truly, you recognized at some point there was something that let you know, hold on a second. I need to parent them each in their own way. Can you tell us a little bit about how you realize that? Sure. Well, I don't remember a time that I didn't understand their individuality. I think it became more prominent through some Orange conferences that we attended, learning how to be, you know, a better church member, a better, you know, leader for kids. And they were the ones that really, all those exhibits that they do that like... Where the you phase had the, timeline. The phase and all the things. And I mean, it was, I'd never really thought about it in that sense. And then, you know, I have half as much time just because of our family situation and they travel to see their dad and they're gone, you know, different times of the year. So, you know, whereas normal people have 18, you know, Thanksgivings, I only have half of that, you know. And so it just became evident early on, I think, for me that 
they're not all the same just as they hit milestones you know they didn't even hit those all the same even being all three girls I'm like I'm the same person how did this even happen so I think it was orange that really set me on the path of that discovery and how to parent each one I love that you mentioned the orange conference for those of you that don't know what that is the orange conference is something that happens in Atlanta every year for church leaders that are in family ministry so Children's ministry, youth ministry, and family ministry leaders gather together to get re-inspired, refocused, and re-engaged for how to reach the next generation. And Melissa went with us two different times as a volunteer. And I love that what you went for to get for church that you were able to put into practice in your own home. And I think just lots of books and podcasts and just really trying to figure it out. I mean, we're just kind of thrown to the wolves. There's not a manual. and But that's what I love about you is that you seek out information and you seek out God's will for your kids. You seek out what he would have you to say to them and how to parent them. And a lot of us don't always do that. We kind of feel like we are just thrown out here in the Mm -hmm. middle of nowhere and we got to figure it out on our own. And it's so important for us to realize that we're not alone and We say that a lot at church, like we're here to partner with you and we want to equip you. But there are so many different avenues that you can go to go and find ways to really be the primary spiritual influence for Mm -hmm. your child. And you've done such a great job at that. And I think, too, like if I'm not in the word and listening and being confident in who I am, I'm not a good mom and I'm not a good wife. And so having time and making phone calls and like when I'm in the car driving and, you know, just today I called a friend that I needed to check on her and. She was having some things going on. She's like, I'm so glad you called. It was a quick conversation, but I just really needed to hear her voice. I needed to see that she was okay, you know, and it, and I was like, I don't have long. I'm, you know, on the way to something else, but let's just chat. And we usually find some time a couple of times yes. a week just to call and catch up because just, just because we do life together doesn't mean we're, and we're like, good morning, see you later. Yeah, I mean, day. it's kind of quick some days, you know, and as I got older, just investing in my friendships and finding my people helps me be a better mom to my kids and encourages them to do the same. Yes, and that's one of the things we work together mm-hmm. to help each other succeed. And I just pray that everyone can find those kind of friendships and, and family members and, yeah. and loved ones that you've got someone that helps sharpen you, just mm-hmm. like the Bible says. I love how you said that if I'm not in the word, that that's a good statement, because if we want it to be in our kids, then it needs to be in mm-hmm. us. And so um, tell us some of the things that you do to keep yourself in God's word. Well, this is the first time this year that I've done this, but I've started the Bible recap. I've never done that. I've never even really been interested. I've always done some kind of Bible study of some sort, but then as the children get older and they're more involved, like just finding the time to do that outside of the home is getting difficult. And I'm not very self-disciplined to do it myself. And so when I saw at the beginning of the year, the Bible recap, I thought, this is the year I'm going to do it. Like I'm good. This, for you. 2022 is going to be the thing. <laughs> and I'm a little bit behind, I'll admit. That's okay. <laughs> but I'm trying. I'm only 15 days behind. So I think I, think I can catch That's up. That's not bad. That's not bad. Because spring break is coming and that for me, those spring breaks, vacations, those are my times when I can do more of that mm-hmm. stuff because it's not demanding schedule. Right. And I thought that my time would be in the evenings just because we do have some quiet time in our house in the evenings. And it's not. It's in the middle of the day. Oh, that's nice. And so when I, no one's around. When no and... one's around and I'm eating lunch or, you know, on the way to do something else, I just have a couple 20, 30 minutes and I have it on my iPad. I didn't buy like the big, thick book because I i don't like a lot of books and a lot of bags like you do. I'm not a bag person. <laughs> and so that's been my one way this year. But then I'm still listening to all my favorite podcasts. And 
And you listen to those while you're at work, don't you? While I'm at work, while I'm driving. Mm -hmm. Lunch for me when my kids were your kid's age was the time, too, because it really is one of the probably only contiguous minutes that nobody's demanding anything Mm -hmm. from you for just a few minutes. And so that was always a big time for me to read God's Word. It's when I did all my Bible study homework or my devotional time was then. Yeah, Um, Mine's in the very late evening when all the boys are in bed and Chris is playing guitar upstairs. So I get a little worship music background (laughs) in the background and that is super nice. But I listen to my podcast in the morning. So all of you podcast listeners, while you're getting your makeup on and watching your face and doing all the things, morning time is a great time. I like to start my day with that because it just kind of gets me something to think about to start my day. Mm -hmm. Talking about time. Is there a time that you feel special times to have that one-on-one time or super meaningful conversations with your kids? Well, because I have all different types of kids with different types of personalities, it's different for all of them. So since Madison's driving, you know, we used to have a lot of windshield time and we don't get that anymore. So anytime I can get some one-on-one time with her in the car, that's when she's going to be the most willing to talk and discuss and listen, you know. And sometimes it's nothing and sometimes it's meaningful and sometimes we argue and I wish I hadn't have done it that way, you know, but... Hers is windshield time for sure. I get a lot of windshield time with Caitlin after school. That's not her time. She prefers couch time. Mm -hmm. So when she's done her homework and she's come home and she's sitting on the couch, that's when I know I can go sit next to her and say, hey, tell me about your day. She doesn't want to talk about it right after school. She doesn't want to talk about it on the way to school. And then with Chloe, really, we cook together these HelloFresh meals. And she's like, hey, can I chop that? Or hey, can I do this? Because she's starting to want kind of how your daughter. And so that's when she can kind of tell me, oh, so-and-so did this and, you know, whatever at school. And so it's different. It's different for everybody. And then Chloe really likes doing her devotional time at night. And she wants me to come listen. It's just a little, one of those Sheila Walsh books from an Orange Conference that was like, it's a it's a little scripture and a little verse kind of thing. It's 365 days of it, and we've never finished it. And so we just keep picking up oh, right where we leave so off. Good. And she's never like, give up. She was like, you know, I'm kind of missing that. I'm like, let's get back to it. Get that book. And so she'll read it, and I'll sit on the bed with her, and we'll kind of talk about. You know what I love? That you have found a way to make your kids successful in talking to you. Like you've helped them succeed by recognizing when they're most available for those kind of conversations. Um, you know, sometimes parents will like they're they're most awake and they're most ready to have those conversations right before their kids go to bed. Yeah. But their kids are done. They're not ready. And so it's the completely the wrong time. Mm-hmm. And so being able to say what is the right time for this child mm-hmm. to have a good conversation, I think is in and many parents, myself included at times, will want to push our agenda like I have time right now, so you're going to have to talk, talk to right me. now mm-hmm. versus this is not a good time for them. Many of us don't say, I'm going to need to make time when they're available for a conversation and when it will be easier for them to have that. Instead, we're like, well, I'm the parent and this is the time I have to give and they're just going to have to bend. And they can't. They just can't. Mm-mm. No. And I've noticed, too, when like Madison's after she's gotten ready for school and she's about, you know, in the kitchen doing breakfast, you know, she's on her phone, she's checking her homework. She's looking at her schedule, trying to figure out her time management and what her commitments are. And she doesn't want to talk to me. She has her time set aside for what she needs to be doing to make her day successful. And I don't want to interrupt it because then it's a burden and I don't want to create that pressure. And don't you think it's a little bit harder to find those times when they're driving? I wasn't prepared for that Mm -hmm. because I love drive time so much. I love that you call it windshield time. That's an even better name. But 
that drive time with them in the car. You can turn the radio mm-hmm. down. And for whatever reason, that really makes my boys open up. My mom said that when we were growing up, which I knew she just took us to Sonic to get a drink. I didn't know that she was doing it to have more time in the car to ask us about our day. Because once we got home, my brother was outside playing and he wasn't going to share much. So she tried to capture that time. She was really wise to that. And I learned that from her. And boy, was she right. Because those drive time conversations really are critical. You've got a captive audience. Mm-hmm. And if you yeah, and they if can't you, go anywhere. That's right. And sometimes your kids initiate them. And sometimes you can initiate them when they start talking about things from school. You just think, how can I turn what they just said or what they experienced, turn it into a teachable moment? And that's when those good conversations happen. And when they're teenagers and they're driving, you have to find the time to do it. And like Karen said, you can't force a conversation. So you really have to pray it through and say, God, give me an opportunity to say these hard things or I really want to talk about this. Give me an opportunity. And when the opportunity happens, you better take it because that might be the only chance you get for a couple days. Mm -hmm. One of the practical things that I did once my kids started driving was, um, and they all drive now, was I would position myself the way my house is arranged. We have a big common living room and there are lots of other living spaces, but I chose the big common living space because you could come out of the bedrooms and you could see that I was there. And I literally just made myself available. That's key. That is probably not the most comfortable spot in the house. Mm -hmm. The other living spaces are, but I chose that one because it just said, I'm available if you need me. Mm -hmm. And I would do whatever work I had to do. I would just be there so that they could peek out. And with multiple kids, they could peek out and see if anybody else had me right then. Yeah. So it was just my way of being available. That that. is so sweet. One thing that just started happening for us that's kind of becoming a routine is going to the backyard. And I'm not saying that because this is the Backyard Jack podcast. (laughs) I just thought of this. But when I was sick with COVID and I was getting well and I was ready to be around my family, I would go outside to get some sunshine and I felt safer to be around them. And the boys wanted to be out there because they may not admit it, but I know they missed me. And we would have great conversation and they were quarantined at home. So we were out there for hours at a time. And when Chris would get off his phone calls, he would join us. So the whole family is sitting outside enjoying it. Well, now the routine is when I get home, I'll go outside to throw the ball for the dog. And I'll just say, hey, I'm home. And then I go outside and then here comes one (laughs) and then here comes the other. And that has been a daily thing that they just come find me in the backyard and we're sitting out in the grass or standing, throwing the ball, playing with the dog and talking about our day. And it's kind of odd, and it just kind of happened organically. But that's yeah. when I've tried to capture Taylor for some of those good conversations. That's a great question to ask yourself. How available am I? Like, if I want to have those conversations, am I available in some way to have them? Absolutely. Put your phone down. All those all those distractions. All the things. Yes. And you said you didn't want a dog, and here you I are. I know, what but a the dog thing. has been a, such a blessing mm-hmm. that I didn't even know. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about parenting in ways where you take a stance on something. And I've seen you do this and I admire it so much where there's something that you truly believe in from something either you've experienced or you want for your kids. And you're like, you know what? In our family, this is how we're going to roll. And you've had to stand firm even when other parents allow their kids to do things or your kids really want to do something or everyone's doing it. And you stand firm and that takes so much courage And I know that God gives you the strength to do that. But will you share a little bit about some of those things and how you've stood firm? So one of my non-negotiables is social media. The same friend I called today, we had the same conversation. Everybody struggles with it, even as parents. 
we don't know how to do this because our parents didn't have to parent us through social media and through technology. That's right. And so one of the things I'm firm on is social media. My oldest daughter just got it and she's 17 years old. And I have other children that really struggle with it and don't understand my stance on it. And I'm always having to talk about it and share why that's my position. I have a lot of different ways that I kind of enforce that. Um, one of them was provided at the event we did at the church where the what was that? That parenting, the parenting in the digital generation. Yes. Parenting, parenting in a digital, digital generation. Yes. That he, was several years ago. It that was. was so good. It was so good. We had him twice, actually, and yes. it was so good. Um, and one of the ways that he recommended being able to parent through that was some an app called RPACT. And it was on my device. It was on all my kids' devices. And, you know, it dropped dead. It it they It's literally just a phone. It, they, everything shuts off. And to this day, I still use it. That is awesome. Um, and then, you know, Apple has some new settings through the phone that you can, you know, do some monitoring and time yes, limits and things like that. And so I have some of that. The other thing, I mean, that's hard to, every time it comes up in conversation and my children do not understand why my take is on that. And I just keep saying, I'm going to parent different. I'm not called to go with the flow. That's not what Good Christianity is about. And this is why we're going to do it. And you're going to thank me later, hopefully. They will. You know, they do. Absolutely. They will. you're going to understand where I'm coming from. It's hard. And nobody, no kid needs that ex- extra pressure. Right. Adults don't need the extra pressure. You know, it's hard for us. And we're fully developed adults and our kids are not. And so I'm just trying to really protect. And really, I think in the beginning, it was like, oh, no, I don't know what it is. Let's Let's just stop it. But then... There's other things you can, you're not just stopping the bad. There's also ways to help the good too. Yes. Your girls will understand that too, because I'm a tick ahead of you in the parenting track. My kids now say, I see why you didn't. I'm glad that you didn't. They can, they already can Mm -hmm. see that. Oh, I, now I understand. And they're grateful for it. Mm -hmm. By and large, I think that your girls will completely understand and they'll, they'll realize that it's wisdom. Right now it's hard because they want what everybody else wants. Right. But when they see later on how everybody else who had what they wanted also have other things that came with that that weren't weren't what they wanted, then they'll see Mm -hmm. they really will. And so much so that they'll come back and tell you. And that's where you know that it really made a difference. So you just have to hang tough on those things. I know. And they roll their eyes. They're like, I know, Mom. I'm like, you know, I'm going to be well educated in whatever my stance is. And if that's my stance, I've done all the research. I've listened to the podcast. I know the results. I know the stats. Like, I'm not going to set you up to have anxiety your whole life. I'm just not going to do that. That's not life-giving and that's not my job, you know? So I'm going to give you the things that are going to help you do well, not the things that are going to hinder you. So that is beautiful. one of the other things that I am firm on and my kids don't understand is spending the night with friends that I don't know their parents. I don't know. It is crazy. You just never know what goes on beside inside someone's home. And I'm just not sending my kids to the war ground. I'm just not going to do that. That was always easy for me because my two oldest kids came from foster care and they came from an environment where they were neglected, where they were around people that had harmed them that they didn't know. Mm -hmm. And so my kids always understood when my kids would say, I want to go see so-and-so or they actually wouldn't even ask. They would just say, I have a new friend. I'd like for you to meet their parents because mm-hmm. they knew that that right. was what was going to have uh-huh. to happen. And so they would say, do you know them? Can you right. can you meet them? Can mm-hmm. you whatever? Because they knew that they were wanting to spend more time with them. And they just knew the rule. Yep. The rule was, That's it was completely too. non-negotiable mm-hmm. in our house. I we have, have that know. rule too. In fact, at the Christmas party at school, Mason made a new friend <laughs> and he could not wait for me to meet his parents. And so it was one of the first things we could go to at school. And so we get there, and the little boy's dad was there, and 
Mason and this little boy were like giggling and, and they walked over and they introduced us like they were setting us up on a date or something. <laughs> a parent date. And, yes, a parent date. And so I visited with a dad and got to know him. Such a wonderful man. And um, he had just had the neatest stories and he lived by Amarillo, which is where I'm from. And we had a great conversation. Well, on the way home, Mason said, I'm so glad you got to meet Houston's dad. And I said, me too. And he goes, did you give him your phone number? And I kind of giggled and I said, no, I didn't give him my phone number. And he was like, man, we want to get together with the dogs and we want to play. And I said, well, Mason, I didn't give him my phone number. That would look a little bit awkward. And out of respect for daddy, I don't just go giving my phone numbers to other men. And he goes, oh, Oh. I didn't think about that. Well, the little boy bleached Mason's deer head that he shot and they went to go pick it up and Chris took him and I wasn't available and Mason said I really want you to go because I want you to meet Houston's mom too and he goes that way you can give her your phone number so we can play together (laughs) so we have that same rule in our Mm -hmm. house and so much so that the kids initiate the parents meeting Mm -hmm. and Mason made sure to tell me all the good qualities about this little boy and his family and he picked up on some things that were so important and i love that he realized like this is how we roll in our home and that's how his house is too i think it would be a safe place for me to go and play and i thought that was so neat so here's a fast forward for you so my youngest son has a new interest uh, a girl that he likes and so when he told me about her i said do i know her mm-hmm. which is what you're and i'm do i know her and he said no but here's who we know that her family knows. And he gave me like a list of references. So I was like, he was like trying to just like a list of references because he can drive now. So here's why it's so important when they're younger, because they need to know that who they know and who they hang around with is important. And so because they do start to drive and you don't know where they're going all the time and you can't know everybody that they know. And so I loved that he felt like he needed to say, she's good. You're going to love her. And here's here's and here's a <laughs> here's who you can call. Here's who you can call. <laughs> that is awesome. The circle of influence is so important. It really, really is. And I love that our kids, Melissa, they can say something about social media like, oh, my mom will let me have Facebook or my mom will let me have Instagram. And I can say the same thing mm-hmm. that you've said to them. And they're like, oh, well, you think that too. My mom's not just crazy. My mom isn't just being mean about this. Like they really start to understand. So the other adults that you place in their life is super important too. Mm -hmm. Another non-negotiable is church. I mean, we go to church. We are faithful attenders. We are faithful contributors. We're going to serve. We're going to volunteer. We're going to be there. Not only do I set the non-negotiables for the bad things, I set it for the good things too. Like this is where we're coming. And You know, there was times when it wasn't always easy to get out the door when they're little and they're, you know, all the things. And now that they can drive, they stroll in and they go to the things they're supposed to and attend the Bible studies and do all the jazz and worship on stage. And so, I mean, I I don't know. There's no perfect answer to it all. I think it just being intentional with your time and understanding it's such a, a great gift to do. And the more that you know about it and the more that you can contribute to the success of it is going to make everything easier and better. Yeah, I think we can overstress intentionality. Yes. Every bit of it takes effort. But once you put the effort in place, the payoff is so worth it. And it really, the payoff is exponential for the time that you invest in the intentionality. It's almost like you have to take baby steps and live that before you see what that, and and let's be honest, it's the payoff that keeps us doing it Mm -hmm. because we can see that it's making a difference and it's making a difference in who they are and how they live their life. And yes, stay engaged in what your kids are experiencing at school, what they're Mm -hmm. learning at school, what they're learning about at church, who they're with. When you stay engaged 
in all aspects of their life. I think it helps you make better parenting choices Mm -hmm. and it helps you lead them. And when you see the things that they're going through, that's when you know, look, I need to seek wisdom in this. I really need to pray about this. You start to become more aware. And so staying engaged and being intentional, I think, are two key things. And, you know, none of us do it perfectly. You know, my kids are older now. And so they'll tell me at times, you know, when I was in junior high, I felt blah, blah, blah. And I'll think, well, on all the conversations we had that never came out, like, how did I not know that? And I have to realize that there are some things that they're just working out internally and they're not sharing every single thing. And it's not going to be perfect. You can just do the best that you can do and then just accept what God is able to do and what God is working in them and know that it's enough. If you'll just do your very best, that your best has to be enough when it comes to parenting. And your prayers are powerful. Uh, There's nothing more powerful than a mommy's prayers for sure. So pray, pray, pray for your kids. Let's wrap this up, this conversation up. If you could share one sentence of wisdom with parents that you have learned over your last 17 years of parenting, what would it be? Invest time and resources in the things that your kids want to do. Oh, that's good. Don't force them to play t-ball if they don't want to play t-ball because that's away from your home. That's changing your dynamic of your family. And if everyone's miserable doing it, don't do it. You know, if your kids have an interest in something, let them explore it. Um, feed into it and love them well through it and, you know, schedule in some dinner time, some windshield time, all the things. But if it's not life-giving to them and to you, don't do it. It's just not worth it in the end. Life-giving. I love that. Melissa, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thanks so much for having me. It's been so fun. Your wisdom is going to be a blessing to so many. Your friendship is a treasure and an absolute blessing to me. I love watching you parent your kids in such unique ways for their unique personalities. And thank you just for sharing your heart with us today. Next week, we are going to be back with another special guest who is going to talk with us about creating natural rhythms in your home. And the ways that she does that are just so creative. I follow her on social media, and I am so inspired every time I see how creative she is, how intentional she is, and I know that she is going to be a blessing as she shares with us next week, so you do not want to miss that episode. If you don't want to miss a single episode of the Backyard Chat Podcast, be sure to follow the show in your Apple Podcast app by clicking on the three dots in the top right corner of your screen. And if you're feeling really adventurous, click on the arrow to share the show with all your friends. We'll be back next week and And we we can't can't wait wait to chat chat with you. you.